And so Karen began dutifully, uh, uh, you know, getting extra summer classes, taking 19 credit semesters, working herself to the bone. And I, I'm from the DC suburbs of Virginia and my father was in politics. Uh, so I, I, I looked at the requirement. I was like, this requirement makes no sense. Uh, I, I told Karen early on not to, not to trouble herself with those extra 30 credits, uh, that she would need to get to graduate with a double major because I was going to solve the whole thing before we graduated. Uh, she disregarded that, did a whole lot of extra work. And then I got a petition among the class of 07. Every single person signed except for two people, Karen and one other person who refused <laughs> to sign my petition. Couldn't get your wife or your I guess, girlfriend at the time, right? To, actually, to actually we were not dating yet. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. well, it was kind of hard to take someone seriously who just ran around in T-shirt and shorts in all sorts of weather, and it does get cold in Irving. Uh, so, I, you know, for about two <laughs> weeks a year, right? <laughs> exactly right. So now Jimmy's wearing a suit and tie, but back in the day, oh. and I also thought if if he failed and he didn't get this petition through, I would be stuck without a double major. So I was not going to pay take that risk. I'm very risk averse, I guess. But funny, we ended up meeting up again in Washington, D.C., in, in the land of politics. And we were both working in politics at the time. And Oh, so you never dated at UD? We did no, not. We, when, oh. we, when we graduated, I was dating somebody else. Um, and uh, and then we, let's talk about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So how interesting. And so probably by the time you saw him again in D.C., he was no longer wearing shorts because it's even colder there. Uh, that's true. And now he's uh, grown up and, and dressing professionally. And uh, so that's when everything started clicking, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When when we graduated, I worked briefly in uh, a door to door sales job uh, selling AT and T Uverse, and then. Uh, shortly thereafter, um, I decided that I was going to enter the United States Marine Corps as an officer. So I was going through all the paperwork to go through officer candidate school, but I could only do 12 consecutive pull-ups. And so they, uh, the Marine Corps told me that I needed to be able to get to 20 consecutive pull-ups. So I was hitting the gym every day, trying to get stronger and stronger. And, uh, unexpectedly, I, uh, I suddenly got much, much weaker and, and lost the ability to do any pull-ups and lost 50 pounds in just two or three weeks. And uh, it turned out I had type one diabetes onset. Uh, and so I ended up in the hospital and the, the Marine Corps was no longer interested in me at that point. And so while I, while I was recovering, uh, I eventually, uh, when I got back to full-time work after I had recovered somewhat, uh, I got a job at a pro-life organization called the Susan B. Anthony list mm-hmm. that um, at the time, uh, the big issue uh, was that Obamacare was being considered and Karen was working as a reporter at that time for a group called CNSnews.com, which was founded by Brent Bozell. And, uh, and so we were both, uh, very much involved in trying to stop Obamacare from passing. There was a group of, of, uh, pro-life Democrats that were kind of, uh, uh, at loggerheads with Nancy Pelosi at the time that were saying that they weren't going to pass the bill if there was not, if there was abortion funding, whereas Pelosi was claiming that she was not going to, permit the bill to pass without abortion funding. And, and that, that, uh, the question of how that could, that disagreement would be resolved was really the, the hidden question of Obamacare. And Karen and I were sort of working late, late nights. And Karen was even mentioned a couple of times on Rush Limbaugh for some of her, her journalistic work. Oh, is that that right? So that, that's an interesting twist. So you have a media background. Yes, I do. So I, after I graduated from UD in English and philosophy, I went on to go to Catholic University of America where I got my master's in psychology. 
But I did realize I didn't have enough of a passion in psychology to carry that forward to try to go for a PhD. So I got an internship with the National Journalism Center and um, I learned a whole lot. It was really fun. I got to be a reporter on Capitol Hill and mm. I got since since I worked for um, Brent Bazell's organization and um, Brent Bazell is also a UD grad. Um, I got to unite my faith with politics. So when Obamacare was being discussed um, on Capitol Hill, I was able to ask members of Congress, you know, to if what if they supported abortion funding in the bill. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a very interesting time for both of us, and we were collaborating in that same effort. So although. Uh, Obamacare and a lot of the abortion funding that came out of it was certainly not a good outcome. Our romance was one positive thing that <laughs> resulted. Wow, that's uh, you guys get more interesting the long the more I talk to you about to y'all. So a lot of politics and uh, you know, media and psychology and history and philosophy and so uh, really fascinating. I want to ask about your family because I mentioned uh, uh, you know the two of the five are here with us. But uh, Karen, let me ask you about your ancestry because uh, one of the conversations that James and I had yesterday was about your family and uh, uh, you, you, you being your half Chinese, right? Correct. Uh, so, so tell us an interesting background. Yes, I am. I'm from Southern California. Uh, my mom is, uh, she's 100% Chinese, but she was living in Vietnam with her family when the communists came in and her dad was a capitalist. So he built his own machine shop like piece by piece like he bought machines one by one saved up had his own business and then when the communists took over and took everything the, his family they escaped on a boat to come to america they they were caught the first time and jimmy is more of a history buff so he tends to remember more details but they were put in a prison camp for a bit um then got back out then tried to escape again this time they were successful and they got to this country and my grandparents, my, my dad's parents were taking in refugees until they got on their feet, got citizenship, got jobs. And it was through that connection that my dad met my mom and um, they got married and they had nine kids mm. and I'm the oldest and the, the rest of my siblings are still in California. And, um, yes, I met Jim, uh, James originally at UD and, um, we started dating in DC and now we're married with five kids and my kids are actually very proud of being a quarter <laughs> Chinese, which is funny. They love their little lucky money packets and they're fascinated with the Chinese dragons. So. And Sissel has taken, uh, <laughs> the kids under, uh, yeah, on the other side of the glass here. They Sissel, Sissel's very <laughs> maternal. And so they're, they're in very good hands, literally in good hands, uh, uh, right now. So if you're just joining us and you're thinking, wow, this is really an interesting couple. Who is this? Uh, these are a couple of our new sponsors here on the station. Uh, James and Karen Bell. Uh, James is a certified financial planner for the Knights of Columbus and you're here, you'll hear his spots running and uh, his uh, email, by the way, james.bell at kofc.org. And uh, Karen, you're actually working side by side with James kind of is, is it a family business type of thing? Um, it, it is. It's, it's fun. I, I, I really do love sharing all aspects of my life with my husband. I mean, we raise our children together. We have the same interests. Um, we are both involved in Opus Day. Um, more so Jimmy, who is a supernumerary. I'm a cooperator, so I'm less involved, but we both love the work and then I'm um, getting to work together in the business. And, um, I, 
I love Father McGivney, the Knights of Columbus, and Jimmy's clients are so wonderful. We've met um, so many wonderful people through his business, and Jimmy get to helping these families is really fun to watch. Yeah. So tell us, uh, uh, now I got the Jimmy James thing going on here. No, that's okay. J- Jimmy is what uh, his friends call him, James, professionally. So we'll probably go back and forth with that one, right? Uh, so James, <laughs> mm-hmm. tell me about the uh, the Opus Dei. Uh, what, what attracted you to that particular um, you know spirituality? So my my father um, uh, my father is a, a member of Opus Dei. So he uh, so I kind of grew up uh, around Opus Dei and um, uh, a lot of the the formational activities that they had. But I wasn't I didn't become interested in it uh, significantly really until after I got married to Karen. And kind of uh, came back, came back towards Opus Dei later, later on in life. But uh, yeah, my father had um, uh, he he was keeping it. He was keep he was a, a, a wannabe re- Republican politician. He he ran for Senate a couple of times. It lost. Uh, he won the Republican nomination for Senate in New Jersey in '78 and 2014. But the first time he lost to a guy named Bill Bradley, who used to hit basketball for the Knicks. And then the second time he lost to. Um, a, a liberal Democrat by the name of Cory Booker. Um, and, and, but at the time, he, he was still keeping the Opus Dei thing under wraps. But after he died, it sort of showed up on his Wikipedia page. And now I think it's pretty much public knowledge that he, you know, that he was a supernumerary as well. And, and so that, that was a, an opportunity for me to kind of uh, develop a spirituality that I had been exposed to as a kid. And that's helped me a lot. Mm, very nice. And uh, that, I know, um, it's the work of God is what it means, uh, literally. And as a, a cooperator, what, how did, what is that? I know a supernumerary is somebody who's married. The numeraries are single. And I've, I've actually dabbled a little bit in Opus Dei, but Karen, from your perspective, how, what, how has that spirituality benefited you? Sure. So it is about being Catholic in the world. So our job is to be in the world. And I mean, like work, like work in the garden as in the garden of Eden. So you sanctify your work. You don't. And so your work is sanctified. So it's not like you work and then there's praying in front of the blessed sacrament in mass, which of course is very important and you know, the most important thing, but it's, it's all together. Your whole life is a prayer. And so it's been nice working with the Knights of Columbus too, is that I see that as part of my prayer that, you know, every file I put away, like everything I scan, it's, it's a, it's an act of love for the client, um, you know, for my husband, for the family, it's for God. Ultimately it all goes together. It's all part of the same fabric. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so tell us about the kids. We got, uh, two of them, like I said, running around here from, uh, first is 10 and the, the last is one, uh, names or anything, uh, interesting. All kids are fascinating, but, uh, what should we know about your, about your family? Uh, we, uh, so our oldest three, uh, Natalie, Cynthia, and Brendan, who are 10, eight and six are going to be enrolling in the fall at Great Hearts, uh, in Irving. And uh, our youngest, uh, Blaze, is going to St. Francis Montessori, uh, also in, in Irving, which is... Our a, second youngest kid. Uh, sorry, uh, second youngest kid uh, is... Uh, they, keep, they keep losing track. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, and uh, is going to St. Francis Montessori. And, uh, and then, of course, the baby's one, so he's not going anywhere <laughs> yet. <laughs> no formal education yet. Uh, he yeah. just gets to have fun and crawl around and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> visit radio studios, right? Uh, all right, so let's, uh, anything else personally that we should know about y'all before we move into the, the business side and the financial planning and all that? Uh, have we covered that uh, pr- pretty thoroughly? Yeah, I, I think, I think I, I'd like to kind of explain a little bit of the transition because there's kind of an interesting transition for me 
between the personal and and working for the Knights. In I was working for the pro life movement from uh, for several years, and um, it, it, it's ironic that it was actually a Obamacare again that kind of. Uh, triggered me to to make a big change, which has ended up being positive for my life. But uh, I was working for a small pro-life nonprofit based out of Delaware um, in uh, 2014, and I was operating off of a health insurance plan, which I had purchased before Obamacare uh, became legal. And so when Obamacare uh, was uh, originally approved uh, uh, and Obama was running against re-election against Mitt Romney. He was saying, if you like your plan, you can keep it. So there was kind of a delay until after the Romney re-election to criminalize those plans. But my plan was criminalized in 2014. And that was when I decided. So I needed- you didn't get to keep your plan. <laughs> yeah. What? How about your doctor? Did a no. politician lie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in 2014, we had to switch jobs because my, uh, my whole paycheck would have, would have been eaten up by medical bills uh, with that situation. So I started working for the Knights uh, in 2014 in uh, we started out in Little Rock, Arkansas. And, uh, and then when we were ready to purchase a home, we purchased our first house uh, here in Irving in, in 2016. Um, oh, so you lived in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I used to live in Arkansas also. Yeah. Uh, Conway, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Not, not too far. Not too yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I have a connection to, uh, to Arkansas as well. Yeah. All right. So you've been with the Knights for a while and now you're, um, you're advertising on, uh, um, GRN. I love when we had our initial conversation and you said you had a certain amount of money that you were able to, to put towards advertising and you really felt that radio was the, ble- the best place to, to put it. And so we're happy that you're here and we, of course, encourage our listeners to uh, call you and have a meeting, but kind of explain what, what you will. Um, most people think of Knights of Columbus for like life insurance, and that's traditionally what they've done, and that's what you know uh, uh, Father McGivney started. Exactly. But it's really over the last uh, few years expanded as far as the services, right? That's correct. So, um, so in uh, some people don't know about this, but in 1991. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops um, had a formal teaching document where they directed American Catholics to divest themselves of all um, investments that they might have in companies that violate the teaching of the Catholic faith, uh, maybe that manufacture contraceptive pills or produce pornography, things of that kind. And, um, and so uh, what happened was uh, Americans found it relatively difficult to implement this recommendation from the bishops because most people are invested in either 401k or IRA accounts that are managed by secular co- companies that are not too sensitive to the teachings of the Catholic Church, to put it very mildly. And those uh, those companies didn't really make any accommodations for Catholics to be able to invest in accordance with the teachings of our faith. So uh, event, it, we, it was originally believed that there, that these companies would make accommodations for Catholics, uh, but they never did. And so the, uh, the uh, Knights of Columbus started a subdivision. Uh, Knights of Columbus has a wonderful history in the life insurance industry, you know, Fortune 1000 co- life insurance company and all that. F- uh, Blessed McGivney, it sounds like you, you, your listeners are fairly familiar with that. But in 2015, they founded an investment advisor called Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors that would permit Catholics to invest in such a way that they're uh, seeking a good return, but also attempting to uh, live out the teachings of their Catholic faith in their investments, uh, according to the recommendations of our bishops. Yeah, okay, very good. So uh, I guess the... 
uh, if I'm reading what you're saying is that most people don't have time to look into everything that they're investing in and all the companies and doing the research and do they support this or support that. That's all being done by the Knights of Columbus. And so you can just feel safe that if you invest in the Knights of Columbus, you're going to uh, the, the companies that you're investing in are, are safe. Is that accurate to say? The, that's accurate. And basically what what you'll you'll typically find people who would be a good candidate for this are uh, people who have money invested in non-qualified investments account that they direct invested directly from their bank account or people who have money with old 401ks with their prior employers or who have IRAs managed by secular companies that aren't too sensitive to the teachings of the Catholic church, which would be include every secular company as far as I know. Um, and, uh, and they've got IRAs with, uh, you know, conventional names in the industry and uh, all, any of those can be rolled over to Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors to help them manage that in a way that's that's very, very strategic. And it has actually some really innovative uh, uh, aspects on the financial side, but is also completely in accordance, 100% in accordance with the teaching of our Catholic faith. Yeah. So what, what a relief to be able to work in a company. And I, and I would say the same thing about where I work is I don't have to wonder if I'm going to get, you know, woke training or, you know, what kind I, I've worked in secular companies and it can be a, a pain sometimes just the, the pressures and to, to work at a good Catholic company is uh, such a blessing. So Karen, what is your role? Uh, I know you said you like to, to work very closely with your husband. So uh, do you have an official position or you're helping him with uh, his accounts or, or what? Um, sure. So I, I work as his secretary and I think, I mean, I mean, I'm really just his helpmate. So Jimmy, Jimmy runs the appointments. He's the face of the company. I'm, I'm just in the background um, yeah, in the office. Yeah. yeah. And how autonomous are individual agents? Um, are you able to go out and kind of find clients wherever? Do you have a territory or, or what, what, how much autonomy do you have and kind of run your own business? Uh, th- there's, there's a lot of autonomy. The Knights has been a little more, uh, dynamic recently. Um, the, uh, there is so there is some some geographical um, aspects to the nights. Um, there's a general agent who's a supporter, I understand, of Catholic Radio as well, who's over uh, the most of the diocese of Fort Worth, with the exception of a couple of councils, a few councils, one of which I am the agent for, uh, St. Philip's and Flower Mound, um, and there's four: St. Philip's and Flower Mound, St. Catherine, St. Catherine's in. Carrollton, Holy Cross, uh, which is in the colony, and um, the uh, there's one more, but the, there's four total churches that are in the Diocese of Fort Worth that are under the jurisdiction where we could provide services to them, financial planning. And those and are like some that. big uh, parishes and also uh, mm-hmm. some some affluence out in that area as well. So that's really nice. You know, one thing, you know, y'all are significantly younger than me, but one thing that I regret and I, I, I tell my teenage daughters this all the time, you know, do do as I say, not as I as I did, is starting young. You know, you don't have to you know, be in your 60s to start investing. I You should really start saving when you're in your 20s. And I remember seeing down with people and when I was in my 20s and 30s and you know but human nature is ah we'll wait we'll wait so uh, young clients can really benefit from y'all as well can't they is that's really when you should start start if you can absolutely I think that you know our our ideal client would be a young person who's looking to get their financial house in order and also an older client who's been um, running out to 
uh, having to work with very, very secular companies uh, throughout their career, um, you know, and their, their uh, companies obviously don't have a particular interest in the, the teachings of the church. And those, those people are also excellent clients for us. And so, uh, and, and no matter where you live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, you'll be able to access um, the, the services of Knights of Columbus asset advisors through one of the people that, that works with our services. But yeah, all right. Well, well, just down to our last minute and a half or so, uh, James and Karen Bell are a married couple. They've been married about 11 years. They have five children from 10 to 1. Two of them are in the control room uh, being entertained by Cecil right now. I think they're uh, probably taking us on and off the air right now as we speak. <laughs> no, oh, I'm dear. kidding. But I think, you know, the, what I take from this is, uh, you know, people listening right now say would, would like to say to themselves, these are like-minded people. These are people that share my values. Uh, the Knights of Columbus, we know, speaks for itself. And so I just encourage everybody to, if you're in need of services or maybe you have just a, a question about your finances or your portfolio or, you know, what, what, what have you, your IRA or 401k distribution or something, whatever, uh, give James uh, and Karen a call. And um, do you want to give contact information or how can people get a hold of you if they, would, yeah. if they feel so um, inclined? That, that, that's a great question. So... Uh, if they, uh, they can call me at, uh, let me just see. I have two numbers because of certain rules related to compliance. Uh, if they call, they can, they can call me at 817-789-9193. However, if you text me, you'll need to use the number that's on my radio spot, which I don't have as handy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, listen for the radio spot, okay? <laughs> if, if, if you need a text, but you yeah. can call that number, 817-789-9193. Uh, texting comes under a bunch of Securities and Exchange Commission regulations. Isn't that interesting? It, yeah. Is, uh, and also email is james.bell at kofc.org. james.bell at kofc.org. Well, it's real a pleasure to speak with both of you. I hope this went quickly and not slowly. I told him that, that if it goes quickly, then uh, I did my job did. well. <laughs> and uh, I love the entertainment from your your boys. And uh, Cecil does not charge for babysitting, by the oh, way. Good. Okay, there'll yeah. be no bill in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, uh, please consider uh, our our sponsors. Um, and if you are in need of some financial advice or uh, services, eight one seven seven eight nine nine one nine three the number to call or james.bell at kofc.org. And again, you'll begin to hear a lot of spots running on a daily basis uh, with James's voice giving you more information about his services. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, thank you for inviting us, Dave. Yeah. And uh, please, everybody, keep uh, the, the, the family in prayer because, of course, I'm sure with everything that you guys are juggling, there's every now and then maybe a little hardship or, uh, you know, as in Never. this is common with all families. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> uh, uh, Knights of Columbus, James Bell, certified financial planner, and his wife, Karen, thanks so much. Uh, and this has been the interview of the week here on KTH 910 AM. Uh, thank you to the... Uh, uh, the multitasking Cecil Anderson now keeping this uh, interview going. And uh, if you have ideas for future interviews, uh, again, I always say if it's local and Catholic, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, just email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. 
All first responders in the Diocese of Dallas and their families are invited to attend the annual Blue Mass on Saturday, August 12th at the Cathedral Shrine of the Virgin of Guadalupe. There will be a blessing of the fleet starting at 9 a.m. and Mass at 10 a.m. This special liturgy is for all those in public safety, law enforcement, EMS, support staff, and all whose service helps keep our communities and nation safe. Visit cathdal.org forward slash Blue Mass for more information and to RSVP. Hi, I'm Dave Kelly, owner of Kelly Costume Remodeling, a Catholic full-service remodeling and construction company, and a new sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Our motto is Turis Fortis Mihi Deus. God is my tower and strength. If you're dreaming of remodeling your home or business, you can reach me via email, dave at kelly, that's K-E-L-L-Y, remodeling.com. Or by phone at 972-804-2513. That's 972-804-2513. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer, uh, Executive Director here at the station, host of this show, which I thoroughly enjoy. And uh, we've got a, a Manny Ortiz is running the board. Typically, it's Cecil or Diane, and Manny is uh, jumping in today to, to help out, so thank you to him. And I have a guest named Manny as well, Manny Sanchez, the Director of Security for the Dallas Diocese. I do want to thank Katie Kaiser, who's Director of uh, Communications, I believe that's her title, for the Dallas Diocese, and she's the one that lined this up for me, so she's probably listening, so thank you, Katie, very much. And I always say that this is such an eclectic program, I never quite know what I'm going to talk about from week to week. Uh, but this is uh, breaking new ground. I don't think I've ever uh, talked to a director of security for a diocese. And so this is very interesting. And again, uh, Manny Sanchez has been in this position a little under a year. And uh, what we're also going to talk about, the primary topic, I guess you could say, is a blue mass for uh, law enforcement um, uh, professionals of all stripes, which is going to be next Saturday, August 12th. Uh, beginning at 9 a.m. at the Cathedral Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in downtown Dallas. It's going to include a mass, of course, and also a blessing of the fleet. So eventually we're going to get to that, okay? That's the main topic, but I'm so intrigued by Manny's um, background and position that I want to talk a little bit about that first. So, Manny, thank you for being here. Good to see you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dave, for taking the time to uh, to speak with me. So you've got an interesting background. You, you've you been doing this for a year, but you were a police officer for many years. You've been a detective. Can you give us a little bit, and I, and I should say, more importantly than all that, um, he's married to his wife, Maria, and they have a 26-year-old son named Dante, and they uh, worship at St. Joseph Parish in Arlington. Okay, that's the most important thing in your life, but I'm intrigued by professionally what you do. So what, what, tell us about your background. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm originally from El Paso. Uh, what I did is I started my law enforcement career in El Paso with the Sheriff's Department. I spent two years out there, and then in, in 91, I ventured to Dallas and signed on with the Dallas Police Department and spent uh, 31 years with the Dallas Police Department. Wow. Uh, I was in the training section. I did patrol. And I was also a detective uh, for the department. And, and it's great, great career. I really did enjoy and, and, and grew and learned a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, needless to say, it's a risky career. Uh, I'm sure your wife uh, said a lot of prayers every time you left. I, I feel for the wives of police officers, and in some case, husbands for the female officers. But 
Uh, and then and, and the Dallas Police Department has had a lot of uh, tragedy the last uh, 10 years or so. There was that one uh, multiple shooting. I don't remember exactly how, how was that five or six years ago. And of course, the, the, the all that was going on in 2020, uh, never probably never a dull moment when you're a police officer. Right. No, absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, when you when an individual becomes a police officer, not only do they become part of the police officer, the police family, so do, so does each individual's family. Mm-hmm. So they embark in the same journey as that individual who becomes a police officer. Um, and of course, every tragedy or, you know, uh, unfortunate event, the, the family of those officers also go through the, go through that with the officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what drew you into law enforcement in the first place, but going all the way back to El Paso? Uh, my family, it's, it's actually, uh, um, in my bloodline. My grandfather was, uh, was one of the first uh, Hispanic detectives in El Paso. And it's, it's kind of crazy because he became a detective because he was one of the first individuals on the department that could speak and write in both English and Spanish. Mm. Interesting. And uh, so, and as a detective, which I think most recently that's been your, uh, your, your, your position with the Dallas Police Department, what, what, what kind of things were you investigating? What, what did that job entail? I was a, I was a member of a, of, of a, of a unit called Public Integrity. And everyone's pretty much familiar with internal affairs. Mm-hmm. And so internal affairs, what they do is they investigate administrative issues. Okay. Public integrity, what we did is we looked into criminal issues. So if, a, so if someone had called in and said that they were, you know, that a criminal offense had occurred involving a police officer, that investigation would come directly to us. But we didn't only investigate police officers. We investigated firefighters, investigated uh, city council people. So anybody who was actually employed by the city of Dallas would follow under our umbrella of investigation. Mm-hmm. There was that very tragic case with uh, was it Amber Geiger? Is that her name? Uh, yes. A few years yes, ago, yes. Well, you know that that's I guess an extreme case where there right. actually was a death involved, and so that was right, a very right. High and on case. something like that, you know, we, we pull in, a, you know, we pull in outside departments yeah. to assist. So that way, you know, there's there's never any question of, you know, that that we're not fully investigating, or the Dallas Police Department wasn't investigating, but. Uh, the Dallas Police Department did a fantastic job in, in that and all their cases. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move to the present. Now okay. that that's the past, um, you're currently the director of security for the Dallas Diocese. And I, I think you said this is a, a new position. Is that right? It's relatively a new position. Uh, my predecessors um, and two great individuals, uh, Chief Martinez, who is, again, back with the Dallas Police Department, and then uh, Chief Gil Garza, who's now the assistant chief with DART. So uh, big, uh, big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, it's re- like I said, it's relatively new. I'm looking maybe about five, six years. Um, and responsibilities, what we do is we pretty much uh, look into uh, uh, the security and safety of the diocese, all the parishes, the schools. So um, pretty much it, everything that encompasses the nine counties. Okay, so that, that's a that's a lot. Now that I need to tell you that, but uh, so what? What's kind of a, a a day in the life of your job? Do you have a lot of people working under you, volunteers? Uh, what's uh, well, give us a kind of an eye, a bird's eye view of the, uh, the the overall strategy for the diocese? Well, um, fortunately, I was, I was able to, to employ a, an additional, an associate director. His name is Jose Munoz. He's a, a great individual. Uh, his, he's also prior law enforcement, did 17 years 
his his background also included being a a chief, uh, an assistant chief with the the county marshal's uh, department. Uh, also uh, have a, an, an assistant, Miss um, Valeria Mendez. What we do pretty much is that issues come in on a constant date on a daily basis of um, instant incidents or issues or possible criminal uh, issues at our parishes, at our schools. Now, once school starts, if there's an issue at one of the schools or a concern, they reach out to us and we help them with those issues. We kind of work as a liaison between law enforcement and the diocese. So we're that mm-hmm. bridge, the communication. Yeah. I'm sure you're asked all the time. People say, I want to send my children to Catholic schools. I want to go to mass, but I also, I want to make sure that I'm safe. And so, well, what's obviously it's impossible to protect every moment and every person, every moment. Uh, it just, nobody can do that. But what kind of measures would you tell people are in place to ensure that their, you know, typical mass experience or their, their children going to a Catholic school? What's, what's going on that you're able to tell us? You know, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I mean, there, there's no one catch-all answer. I wish there was, you know, um, but we are, the, the diocese and, and my department are doing everything in our power to ensure that, uh, you know, the, the, the children, the families, our teachers, any employees of the schools and of our parishes and our parishioners are safe at all times. Uh, we've we've, impl- we've uh, implemented a training um, we're working right now on a program with, with, uh, uh, each individual city's police departments trying to work with, uh, off-duty officers and getting them out there to locations. Um, we're, we're, I know there's a new Senate bill that just passed and they're talking about that they want individuals at each schools. Um, what we're doing is we're trying to get on the forefront of that, um, because right now it's not required of the schools within the diocese, but we're going ahead and we're trying to implement it as uh, public schools are. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at different programs in addition to right now. Yeah. I have a friend, uh, you may be familiar with him, Mike Short, who I believe has your position in the Fort Worth Diocese. And he, he's a, um, uh, uh, you know, has, I think, a similar background to you in law enforcement and all that. And I know in the Fort Worth Diocese, they have a program at many parishes where there are armed, you know, civilians at all or most parishes at every mass is something like that in place in the Dallas diocese at masses or is it all uniformed officers? Well, right now we don't have that in the program. I know you're speaking of is called the guardians. Yes. Yes. And so as a matter of fact, one of my, my, my brother-in-law, he, he uh, attends a, a parish up in, uh, in Louisville and he's, he's one of the guardians. Yeah. So I speak to him regularly on that. So, and it, I think it's a, it's a great program, but right now we don't have that. We're, that's something that again, we're looking into, um, of course, everything that we do, of course, Bishop Burns has to look at and, you know, with, with, with his blessing and his approval, uh, make sure that it's fit for our diocese, for our parishes as well. Yes. Uh, if you're just tuning in, Manny Sanchez is my guest, Director of Security for the Dallas Diocese. And uh, I think he said about 31 years of experience in the Dallas uh, uh, Police Department as well. He and his wife, Maria, worship at St. Joseph Parish in Arlington. And they have one son, Dante, who uh, apparently is doing really great things up in New York City, of all places. Sure. Right. Uh, let, let's. Uh, uh, is there anything else about your position that you think our listeners would be interested in? and knowing that I haven't asked or anything else that you want to say before we move on to the blue mass? No, I mean, that, that's pretty much, I mean, just that, that we are looking in just, again, our, our main priority is the safety of, uh-huh. of all of our children, our employees, our parishioners. 
and that we are, you know, like I said, we're, we're a brand new unit and that we are developing uh, and trying to stay up and, and doing our best to stay up with the times and the events that are going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So the Blue Mass is going on next Saturday, August 12th, 9 a.m., with uh, a blessing of the fleet, either, I guess, probably after the Mass or before. Also, uh, it's going to be at the Cathedral Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe. So this is something that has been going on for a number of years. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going to be happening on Saturday? Sure. Uh, the Blue Mass it honors those who are actively serving as first responders and those who have fallen in the line of duty. Uh, we actually are going to have families of those officers who have actually, uh, you know, have uh, given their life you know, for, for, for this, for this, for this profession. Mm -hmm. So we're actually going to have family members, um, uh, arriving. There'll be special guests. Um, and it's, it's, it's originally, uh, originated in 1934 by Reverend Thomas Dade in Washington, DC, as part of his duties with the Catholic police and firemen's society. So it's just, it's been something that has been carried on since. Mm, okay. And uh, what, what, tell us about the, the blessing of the fleet. Uh, you may mention that before we started recording. This sounds very interesting. Okay. At 9 a.m., Bishop Burns will preside uh, over a blessing of the fleet with holy water. Uh, the procession is set to include a variety of patrol cars, fire engines, and other service vehicles, as well as motorcycles, bicycles, mounted horses, patrols, uh, canine units, just to name a few. Uh, all these will consist of first responders who work within the, the nine counties the Diocese of Dallas covers. Mm, yeah, so uh, this, uh, you say, goes way back uh, for many decades. I think you said started uh, many decades ago. How long has it been going on in the Dallas Diocese? It has, is, I believe this is the fifth or sixth one. Okay. So, again, it's, it's, it's something that's relatively new here. And, uh, I, the, the last one uh, from last year, I, I heard, you know, they had, they had, a, they had a, a, a good showing, but from what we've been working on, we've been working on this one for a while. We're hoping to improve it uh, mm-hmm. by a, a pretty much a lot. So yeah. we've already gotten a, quite a few responses. So like the, the chief of police for Dallas will be there. We have the, the, uh, the, uh, uh the chief uh, or the the sheriff from the Dallas Sheriff's Department will be there. Mm-hmm. We have representatives from DART, from SMU. Uh, we have representatives from other cities within the nine counties under the diocese, also. So they will be there in addition to, and they will bring in. They'll be bringing their uh, their marks their mark squad cars and putting them in a procession at which. Uh, Bishop Burns will be at the front, and he'll be he'll be blessing each vehicle as it passes him. Yeah, well, this uh, is a visual spectacle, I'm sure. Uh, oh, do you yes. have people lining the streets? Yes, and yes. is that encouraged? Yeah, it, absolutely. We will actually have uh, the uh, the fire department, the Dallas Fire Department, um, will be bringing their bagpipers, oh, so wow. they will be leading the procession. Uh, we'll have the the show of colors, the flags. Will also so it's it's kind of like a, a small parade going down the street in front of, in front of the cathedral. Okay, and so uh, obviously police officers, firefighters, uh, what are they? Nine one one dispatchers. Um, well, so we're, we're including them also in, in any, any first responders. I okay. mean, I, I, to me, first responders also include our nurses, our doctors. Okay. Okay. Uh, security people is that uh, does that fit the bill or is that that maybe in a different uh, category? It may be in a different. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, security individ- people who work private security they yeah. they are they are a key part of the puzzle right. in, in 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 assisting our officers in in performing their duties because our officers 
they can't do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, security individuals are, are very, very key in, in today's society. Okay. And again, this is going to be Saturday, August 12th, beginning at 9 a.m. with the blessing of the fleet. And then the mass will follow afterwards. Do uh, the, the, the everybody is encouraged to wear their uniform? Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely to, 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 to show. Because um, we want to show that brotherhood, that unity. And we want people to see the, the, the strong showing of, of, of the officers. The officers, you know, they go through a lot. And yeah. in order to survive in this profession, and it's hard, like I've done, I could have done it for 33 years, you have to have things to fall back on. And what allowed me to survive a very successful career is, uh, of course, first is my faith, mm-hmm. then my family and my friends. Yeah, and no, that's why this is such a great idea because it does highlight the connection between law enforcement and prayer. Because, like you say, you could not have survived. I can only imagine. I mean, you could probably tell so many stories of oh, yes. so many things. The, the 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 very purpose of the police officer is to always be. Most of the time, we're. Bad things have happened, right? <laughs> right, right. And that's, uh, that's what I, that's, tragic. You know, yeah. and that's what I tell people. I, I said, when's the only, when, when are the only times that you call police? When bad things are happening. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it, it, it actually puts the officers behind the eight ball already. Mm-hmm. And I've, I have dealt with, I have trained, I have worked side by side with, with countless officers. And, you know, you know, you have to say, you know, every so often you had you hit that one bad apple. But ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the, the men and women who wear that uniform are outstanding yeah. individuals. It must have been very hard where that there was and it's, it seems to have cooled down a little bit. Thanks be to God. But there was that kind of perceived notion for a while that the police officers were in conflict with certain segments of the community and the minority community and the whole, you know, um, you know, the. Colin Ka- Kaepernick and all that, that kind of stuff. And that, you know, as a, as a, a minority yourself, that must have been uh, challenging to go through that period where a lot of people looked at police officers with a lot of suspicion and, and in some case even with uh, disgust and animosity, right? Well, that, that's, that's true. I mean, I mean, growing up in, in El Paso myself, you know, um, we didn't we didn't look at officers, even though officers police did run in my family. Still, we didn't look at them in a positive view. But once I became an officer, you see it completely different. I mean, it, it's it's just like it's, it's enlightening. It's like the light switch turned mm-hmm. on, you know, and, and I wish individuals would would really understand that officers out there is that they really, really want to help deep down in their hearts. That this is this is what th- that they signed on for. It's not a job. It's it's a change of life. It's a mm-hmm. career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how is uh, just out of curiosity the, the the recruiting, especially after the the few years that we went through with all that we were talking about? Are if somebody's listening right now and saying, you know, I'd, I'd like to to work in law enforcement, uh, well, what advice would you give? And is this a, a time when there is a lot of hiring going on? Uh, oh, absolutely. I know Dallas is hiring a lot, uh, and the, and a lot of agencies uh, around the the country. Are, are, are going through a hiring phase right now. If this is something that you really want, I mean, if it's a true calling and that you're not looking for a job, but you're looking for a career, I think this is great. And what you can do is you can do, the departments have ride-alongs. Uh, talk, to, uh, talk to police officers, you know, get their feel what's going on. 
Um, that's what I did. Anybody know. can do that. Yes, anybody I, can. I actually went, when I was at SMU studying, uh, we had a police officer come and talk to our class, and he gave that invitation, and I took him up on it. Had to kind of sign my life away and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But I was amazed in one, you know, five-hour beat how much... I mean, it, it, I, I'll, I'll never forget. We were, went on a murder scene. I mean, and I was like, this this guy lives this every single day. This is one five-hour period of my life. But uh, I was just like, wow, it really opened my eyes. So so that is something that uh, is still open for people to do. Oh, no, absolutely. I remember when I took my father on a, on a ride along one time, and we actually got into a car chase with, a, <laughs> with uh, five individuals who, who had stolen a car. And they crashed the vehicle into a cemetery, and they all jumped out. And I remember I was chasing. I got out to, to grab one 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 of the the, dri- the the driver, and I turned around, and my dad was gone. And I looked down the street, and he was chasing one of the kids. So I had to run after my father to catch my dad and tell him, stop running after this kid. I need to do it. (laughs) That is so interesting. Uh, Manny Sanchez is my guest, uh, director of security for the Dallas Diocese. And we are talking primarily, although I've got so many other uh, tangential conversation and questions for Manny, uh, Blue Mass happening next Saturday, a week from today, uh, August 12th, uh, 9 a.m., with a blessing of the fleet with Bishop Burns, and uh, then a, a mass to follow as well. So, so regular folks like me who do not work in any any area of law enforcement are, are are folks like us invited and encouraged to come. Yes, absolutely. Because again, this is to help build that bridge between the public and law enforcement. We want we want to make that relationship strong. The the diocese, what they're also doing is they they want to show that you know we have a strong relationship with our first responders mm-hmm. because truly believe that they are an important part of society. Yeah, we mentioned uh, a moment ago. I was talking about schools and parishes, and uh, you, you know, within the next, I, I, I'm guessing, couple of weeks, schools are going to start up again. And how will how will Catholic schools look or feel any different um, this year as opposed to last year, especially in light of some of the tragedies that have happened and what happened in Allen, which, of course, had really nothing directly to do with the Catholic diocese or schools. But uh, it's always in everybody's minds. Is there anything new in, in place for Catholic schools this year? No, absolutely. We are actually making a, a, a series of training videos we're going to be working closely, with, like I said, with our, our, our law enforcement agencies. I know I'm going to be working with the Dallas Police Department for the Catholic schools that are here directly in the city of Dallas. Um, we just had, we just, uh, they just hired a, a new superintendent, uh, Dr. Uh, Rebecca Hamill. She, she's fantastic. She's a very hands-on, proactive individual. She actually comes from, from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. And she's, again, her, one of her top priorities is, of course, the safety and security of her schools. Mm. So we've been, we actually, we work directly with her, with her department and to come up with the best plans necessary to make sure that everything is in place prior to the first day of school. Yeah. So, uh, well, that, that's awesome. Uh, and just have a few minutes remaining. And I'm just reminded as I, as, as we talk and we talk about this blue mass, that even outside of what will happen next Saturday on the 12th, we really want to encourage listeners to pray for you, pray for your assistance, pray for all police officers and firefighters. Uh, tough job. And like you say, physically tough, mentally tough, emotionally. Uh, and 
and in every regard. So we just encourage everybody to please offer up your your rosary and your prayers and your sacrifices and adoration, fasting for the for all of our uh, first responders and, and and law enforcement officials. And uh, let's just kind of reiterate, if we may, about uh, Saturday. Um, I guess there's parking in the cathedral and uh, Meyerson parking lot is because uh, parking in downtown is always a challenge. Do you have suggestions for that? Right, right. Now I know we're going to have uh, we're going to have reserve parking for our officers that are going to be showing up in the parking lot directly across from the cathedral. But I suggest that if if you want to attend or if you want to go, that you get there early enough that they able you're able to find a place to park your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Maybe like at eight o'clock, grade fifteen. Or I would so, I would say latest, I would say know, so. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be a sight to see. You mm-hmm. know, if we have all these squad cars in line and as as they're in their procession with the fire engines and I'm going to try to reach out to our SWAT teams also to get those big Bearcat vehicles out there too and then yeah. you see canines you're going to have the, mount, the horses are going to be out there so that's what we're hoping to get wow. all that out there wow. uh, it, will any, any streaming be going on if people aren't able to get there personally yes. you know, is this- yeah. thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco Dallas Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network Catholic Radio for your soul Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.